Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by Anderson, Augustino & Keller, Attorneys at Law with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino & Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Welcome back to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. Pete Sampson, joined by Tim O'Malley, and Tim hey. Priester. Hey. Back uh, back after being off the podcast for a couple weeks. It's been, um, it's been a few weeks. Saturday night was just that dramatic. He's, he's come out of semi-retirement. <laughs> to talk about Notre Dame Stanford, O'Malley and I were there. Tim, you watched the game from home. Um, it was... The game had a little bit of everything, I think, for Notre Dame, good and bad. It had Notre Dame coming out. And I think getting into the try to get into the fourth quarter, I thought they showed. Uh, you know, I know people complain about the play calling. I am not one of those people. Um, I think it had some of what Brandon Wilmish does well, running the ball, and some of what he doesn't do well uh, with uh, inaccurate passing. I thought that the defense continues to play fairly consistently. Um, uh, special teams were a little bit all over the place, and then. In some ways, the the one score game dynamic continued even in a non one score game because it's it Notre Dame's winning in the fourth quarter and then within five minutes it's completely blown open and Notre Dame's sitting there at nine and three at the end of the year. I have two ways of looking at the approach. One, I'm the person that always says run the ball early so you can run it late. They did try to run the ball early; it just didn't work. So when that, you, you, I can't fault that. I don't know about the, the and it's a stated game plan. This isn't uh, like we're not just interpreting this. The game plan was to get the game into the fourth quarter. I don't know if you need to get the game into the fourth quarter if you're Notre Dame and Stanford. If that game, think about that game three weeks ago. Does Notre Dame go in there and think we got to get these the Stanford team we're favored to beat into the fourth quarter, man? We got to find a way. Why not just go out and dominate your quote unquote nameless, faceless opponent that is irrelevant? To I you? found that to be a frustrating yeah. low barring of yeah. yes. what Notre Dame football has been this year. I don't understand why that would be the philosophy. Why? why and we're not you... making this up. That was that's that was the game plan. I don't understand why that would be your philosophy, but I do want to reiterate a couple things. I think defensively, I mean, they came out and did a really nice job. They they bottled up Bryce Love early. The safety play over the course of four quarters, though was not good enough. And, you know, when you come to play calling, what what? tell me what plays you're going to call when your quarterback's 11 for 28 or what, or 11 for 29, whatever he was. And I don't even think there's it's, not, there's, it's what he doesn't recognize when he has to recognize he doesn't, pre-snap and there's adjustments to be made and it's it's a major issue. It's astonishing to me that after 11 starts, he, yeah. is, a, he is arguably a worse quarterback when it comes to reading defenses than he was at the beginning of the season. That, uh, I think... That would have been frustrating regardless. 
for Notre Dame, but I think the frustration is compounded by KJ Costello, who's making his fourth or fifth start. Um, you know, doesn't really have any experience. And during the broadcast, and David Shaw said this to us after the game, they put so much on him at the line of scrimmage. The fact that a guy who is that inexperienced can have that kind of a handle on it and then finish 14 to 22 for 176 and four touchdowns. Now, was he perfect? No. I mean, the, the touchdown to Irwin was late, made a competitive catch. The touchdown to Whiteside was a total duck that got caught. Um, but he also made some good throws along the way, too, and did not commit a turnover, which obviously was critical to Notre Dame's undoing. If you're a Notre Dame fan, this is what happened in the press box when KJ Costello was throwing touchdowns. That is the first three-touchdown <laughs> game of KJ Costello's career. That is the fourth that is the first four-touchdown game of KJ Costello's career and the first for a Stanford quarterback since Kevin Hogan against Notre Dame in 2015. That is what's frustrating about the Notre Dame defense at this point. It's They didn't play a terrible game. I do take issue with the turnovers lost the game because, yes, they contributed greatly to it, but you know you can stop the other team from scoring when there's a turnover, and that is what a good defense does. You don't have to that, allow to me, that. That was, that, was very, that was one of the most disappointing things because going into this game, Notre Dame had a significant advantage statistically over the course of 11 games, even both Miami, sides of the ball. Even Miami, they were playing good defense after turnover. Right. Sometimes they just couldn't come back from where they were. So I think, um, I, I think it was four or five in the red zone. They scored touchdowns. That wasn't something the defense had done all year. <laughs> you know, I think, we're, and we're going to take questions in segment two, and, I, and, and I, people want us to provide them with the answers as to why it is collapsed. And I'm not sure, I mean, other than going across the board and pointing at this, 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 I mean, it is an across-the-board accusation as to why this team lost two of its last three games. I mean, I think it's a, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and I, I think that's really one of the big frustrating points for Notre Dame fans is it's not so much the, the going 9-3. and three. It's the fact that, the way that they ended the season doesn't give you a lot of confidence that it's going to be better than nine and three next year. So when this is yeah that that to me is is a real alarm bell for the program because nine nine and three this year I, I think is fine. Um, before the year without yeah. the Miami blowout, you no one would blink at nine and three. Yeah, it was Bef- just an embarrassing yeah, game. I mean, so. b- before the year, I would say I don't know eighty percent of Notre Dame fans would take nine and three, and this has nothing to do. With four and eight, I'm not mentioning that at all. I'm not saying they improved by five games, so I think that's a ridiculous way to view things. But I, but I, the frustration and the concern has to be the way that you ended and what leaves off this team, what's coming back. Is there really an indication that you're going to be better than nine and three next year? I, and I can't find many of those. Numbers coming back are great, but you're point is well taken that Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson were really the heart of the team and why they were so good for two months and in, in playoff contention. It's a once in a generation yeah. left side of an offensive line. How can they be better than nine and three when they play Michigan, Stanford at Virginia Tech, Navy, Florida State, USC, Stanford? How are you? <laughs> yeah, your record, you're right. It's tough to get a better. No, they had a tough schedule this year too. But uh, Brian Kelly said when you asked him, Pete, a couple weeks ago, are you regressing? Is, is the team not playing as well? And he called it nonsense. Here's the first three games touchdown score. Just offense, defense, special teams. 15 to 6 in favor of Notre Dame. Next three games, 16 to 5. Next three games, 18 to 9. And the final three games, 6 to 12. Yeah. 
It's 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 a, it's a team that was in reverse at the end of the year, and it's hard to pick out exactly why that happened. I, I think that part of it is teams saw enough of Notre Dame's offense to be like, you know, we're going to stack the box and see what happens. Um, we're not going to try to play them balanced. Because in October, and I think we talked about it on this podcast, and I tweeted out and written about it, the way that teams were defending Notre Dame's run game was insane. It made no sense to play, just like have five guys in the box and hope that your one linebacker who's there with no help at all is just going to be able to tackle Josh Adams and maybe also Brandon Wimbush. Teams finally got smart about that, and they Stanford put seven guys in the box. On top of that, I think that Notre Dame's defensive talent level in the secondary got exposed in a way that we had been talking about a lot this year. But I think teams finally were like, okay, we're going to pick on these guys. We're, we're going to throw up 50-50 balls and see what happens. And we had sort of been waiting for that to happen all year, and I couldn't figure out why teams weren't trying to just chuck it deep and see what happens. Stanford finally did it. And even during the broadcast, Herb Street said when he talked to Stanford's OC that Stanford's approach was, we think we can make a lot of plays against this secondary, this, the corners and the safeties. There's just a lot there. And what do they come out with? First, they go at Jalen Elliott, and then they go at Nick Coleman, and they just kept going at those guys all the And nights. with their size at wide receiver, it played very well from, for them. To accentuate what you said, Tim, statistically, the first 34 quarters of the year, Notre Dame outscored its opponents 355 to 139. The last 14 quarters, they were outscored 123 to 69. I mean, that's three and a half games they scored 69 It points. is a puzzling turnaround, but I guess if it comes down to you can't adjust. It's not that, I, and I think this is a point where everybody's just going to jump on, well, why couldn't they adjust? I, I do think they tried to adjust to the way they were being played and that the personnel wasn't there if offensively. If your quarterback right. is 11 for 29. Quarterback you, couldn't adjust, and the safeties couldn't adjust athletically. <clears throat> um, the corners, other than Julian Love regressed for Sean Crawford, uh, not to make an excuse because it's a player I like. I think that Sean Crawford, after two years of missing inactivity. any activity of football, he wore down as the yeah. season went on, especially he was playing a ton of snaps. I don't think people realize how many snaps Sean Crawford plays. There was one game where he didn't play many snaps. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he wasn't he was playing a ton, and then he played 80 against Navy. Um, so that he would have been a player susceptible to the Navy hangover, which you don't really say about corners a lot, but he saw his basically work rate or workload triple in one week. I think he'll be a better player as he's back Yeah, from more removed from injury. Julian Love obviously had a very good year, an excellent year in terms of playmaking. The safe, I mean, Nick Coleman played better than I thought he would, but the other safety position was as bad as we thought as the season progressed and everybody got it. Here's I I, I wish that I'd written or explored about explored this issue on Saturday night, but like the Justin Reed pick um, or maybe, no, it was Frank Bunkum. Yeah, it was Bunkum. Who makes that play in safety for Notre Dame? They don't have a player who can do that. And Frank Buncombe is a guy that Notre Dame passed on in recruiting. Um, Justin Reed is a guy they really wanted but didn't get. Uh, so it's, I think at the back end of the defense, especially, I mean, safety for sure. I, I think Troy Pride can be a really good college player. Um, but Nick Coleman, Jalen Elliott, Devin Studsill, is that's just not good enough right now, but there's not really a solution on the roster. Well, we'll have months to talk about this one, but <laughs> one solution is the best corner. Could have to move. Mm. If Troy Pride and Dante Vaughn and Nick I don't Coleman... Think, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. I don't think so either. You'd have to have Dante Vaughn become the corner we thought he could be this year, next year, and better. You'd have to have Troy Pride just ascend 
And you'd have to have Sean Crawford do what I said he would right. do. And Nick Watkins come back for a fifth and year. And Nick Watkins come back and be a balanced backup for a fifth year. Or maybe or a fight with Dante Vaughn for the spot. Uh, that's the only way to do it. Yeah, it would be, it'd be but nice that's the to roster, see. That is the roster <clears throat> way of figuring this out and adding... It would, it would be nice for, for Nick Watkins to evolve and become, you know, the kind of player that you expect him to become at cornerback. Bowl games, fellas? That's Orlando or Orlando. I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to, the Citrus Bowl or the Camping World Bowl. Depending on, I believe, the Big Ten sending somebody to the Orange Bowl, I think has some... That's how the Citrus Bowl can come into play for Notre Dame, but... So it's January 1st is the Citrus Bowl, and I think Camping World, I want... 28th. It's the 28th, yeah. so it's Orlando or Orlando. I think if I was Notre Dame, I'd rather play in the Citrus Bowl because it's a January 1st game. It's the SEC opponent game, so you could get LSU or... I don't know. I think it'd probably be LSU at that point. Like That's interesting to me, even though they played just a few years ago. But, um, yeah, New Year's Six off the table at this point. It's just depressing. <laughs> 17 days ago, who are they going to play? Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma. Maybe Wisconsin gets in. Now it's, Will I be <laughs> watching the, the, the uh, Rose Bowl the parade in person this year? <laughs> or now, will I be going to... That's nonsense right there. It's just a wild ride with my kids. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a rapid fall uh, in terms of where Notre Dame, the stature of Notre Dame's program relative to the postseason uh, over the last few weeks. And... It, um, I think the bowl, the bowl game for me at least is still highly interesting. I know that it is also very deflating to go there, but what happens with Wimbush I think is really going to set the tone for next year. That that I think is going to be very indicative of where stuff can go. I'm not saying that you know they need to turn the page completely and you know Quentin Nelson should sit out the game, but there are some younger players that maybe didn't get a whole lot of work. But most importantly, I need to see Brandon Wimbush take a step forward. It's 11 starts, 7 of them 50% or less. What is, got, what is going to – he started 11 games. What's going to happen between now and then that's going to make him a better quarterback than the 11 starts should have? That's that's a real issue because well, I, I don't know what that would be. He had an occasional good start. He could have that again. Yeah. He had some good starts, so that he would have to have another good start. He could have a he Michigan com- State game. He, he could completed have more than fifty percent of his passes three times. He has to do it with, with that. That would make it a better start if he does that yeah. again. <laughs> you know, I, I I mean, I do. I think there's appeal to Citrus Bowl on January one, Notre Dame LSU. I'm not so sure that Iowa State draws a lot of attention on December twenty. December, regardless of the name of the bowl, I'm not sure December twenty eighth against Iowa State. Not to put down Iowa State in the least, because Matt Campbell's done a great job there, but. Uh, Notre Dame LSU January one, and I think that's very possible. At nine and three, I think Notre Dame is still somewhat worthy of that. I'm curious. Yeah, I know their 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 body of work is. They're they're disappointed. They're ranked fifteenth. Yeah, their yes, their body of work is totally fine this year. It, it's it's the fall from grace in the last three weeks that has you know ruined it for a lot of people. There, yeah. There's nothing wrong with their body of work this year. Period. I just think that right. it's a it's such a disappointing end. It's hard to get two, over something like that. Two road games Look, at the end of the year that... All of us sitting here on the podcast are writing things out. None of us went above 9-3. and three. I, no. actually had, I actually had 9-3 and three with losses to Michigan State, Miami, and Stanford. And I'm complaining about how much you lost to Miami and Stanford right now. Right. So it, it just the bad look of the Miami game. And you got to be able to beat Stanford once in a while. I guess if you take the aggregate of the Stanford, David Shaw, Brian Kelly thing, I wrote about this, it drives me crazy. If you're a Notre Dame 
alum, two and analyst, five. fan, Brian Kelly, backer, yeah. Brian Kelly, anything, two and five against in David a, Shaw. In a quarterback, and Pete said, you know, fifth career start, you got a banged up Bryce Love. There, there's so many things pointing in that direction, but it gets back to what we said when they were eight and one. You can't lose two of the last three. You just can't. And, and they managed to do so. We might yeah. talk about this and burning up the boards, but I am curious, Pete, if I have a feeling they are going all in for this bowl game for the seniors and because Brian Kelly desperately wants to finish 10 and 3 and he cannot finish <clears throat> 1 and 3. Yeah. I, so I think there won't, there'll be very few yeah. looks. The practices they always do. Yeah. I think there'll be very few game day. Let's see some young guys, see what they can do. I don't think there'll be almost, I don't think there'll be any of it. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point because the t- to lose three of your last four versus finishing ten and three and like if if you want to nitpick the fact that a ten wins but or ten wins yeah but really like ten wins is ten wins ten wins is ten wins um, that's especially LSU full, I mean yeah. if it's LSU, something like that right. that would be full credit would have to be due there um, so yeah I, I I agree with what you're saying and I, there we've got a bunch of questions from readers about guys sitting out bowl games like that's been a Something that's popped up on the board and Twitter. I just, I don't get that at all. I don't see there, it from any of these guys there's either. There's nothing about this roster that makes me think, oh, this guy's going to sit out the game. I don't think there's anything in Quentin Nelson's DNA that says that he's going yeah. to sit out a bowl game. Yeah, so I, I think they'll be fine with that. Um, Citrus Bowl, LSU, that would be intriguing enough for me to cover for sure. Uh, and I think it would be intriguing enough for a lot of Notre fans to watch, despite what happened on Saturday. So on that note, we'll spin it forward. Segment two, Irish Illustrated Insider, coming up next. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question from Port ND. Eight years into BK era, what is Notre Dame's identity and what do you hang your hat on? Uh, it's a good question, uh, and I, I don't really have an answer for you, honestly. <laughs> Next question. It's evolving. I mean, it's evolving. They they became a run oriented team this year. Yeah, and then that's, that's good. Fa- and then I, yeah, that is I good. Want, that's I a positive. To, I want them to stick with that. Um, these Brian Kelly got some sustainability questions throughout the year. Um, I want him to keep that sort of stubborn edge. That I you know O'Malley you made this point in the first segment. I thought it was fine that they tried to pound the yeah. ball in the first half against Stanford because that that's the way to move the safeties out. So then when you throw a crossing route to Stefferson, there's nobody there. Um, you know, when two defenders run into each other. So it's I hope that's the identity. Defensively, I I like what Mike Elko is doing there. Um I think is a fundamentally sound developmental defense where guys a lot of guys got better on defense in a way that I, I don't think that we've said in previous years like you could just pick out a half dozen guys and be like wow Tavon Coney Khalid Kareem how about Khalid Jerry Park. Tiller how about Jerry Tillery in the 12th game yeah. of the season how about those right. three tackles for lost Tim yeah. O'Malley he's um, on the cusp <laughs> so yeah I, I feel like the identity on defense in year eight was guys got better and you know not to 
filibuster here, but I do think that that is one aspect where people get upset about this is year eight. Come on. Like what happened the previous seven years doesn't mean very much to me compared to Mike Elko is here. Guys are getting better on defense. Um, there's a commitment to the running game that needs to continue. So the fact that that, that wasn't the case often in years one through seven doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. I think they need better players at safety and yes. they're going to recruit them. They have one coming in probably. Um, that's crucial. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how sound you are because you'll give up you'll give up some stuff against the athletes in college football, which which is why they gave up at least one touchdown pass and usually two in every game this season. Um, I like the sound approach. There weren't guys running loose all year. Offensively, I've <laughs> stated ad nauseum what I like for Notre Dame football, but here, here's one issue I have with Brian Kelly sticking with it. They lost the two guys that made it absolutely 100% obvious that you have to become a power-running team this year. Robert Hainsey and Josh Lugg, or Liam Eikenberg in some way, are the right. guys. So, do you stick with that? And are your young tight ends that we all like as sophomores going to be good enough in two tight end sets to value the running game without Josh Adams, with Dexter Williams, who... Either was really hurt, and we have no idea what kind of the injury was, or he cannot run through injuries like Josh Adams did. Will they be able to stick with it with the personnel? Because Equinemius St. Brown, Kevin Stefferson, Chase Claypool. Yeah, you got to get the ball. Those guys are pretty good. I know they don't have anyone to give them the ball, but I think they could be caught going into August wondering what their identity is going to be again. Well, I think as long as Chip Long is around, there's a great chance that they stick with it. But you can remember Chip Long also saying, you know, when I have an offensive line like this, yes, I'm going to run the football. Yeah. He may not feel that secure with the offensive line next year. They can't be as good. The no, it's there's not no like, way. But they have good players. Like Josh Long yeah. is going to be good, we believe. Liam, I Mustafer, Mustafer is yeah. going to be a pretty dominant center. I would like to think Bars is, but I'm not sure that would, he will be. I'd like to think Kramer, well, it doesn't matter because he's playing Nelson's position, but I'd like to think Kramer will be better at guard than he was at tackle, assuming they make that move. Of course, your drop-off is, is automatic. It's not yes. his fault. Yeah, I guess I think we all <clears throat> love the idea that this is the new identity, and I can see them more readily abandoning it next year. It, to to address the defense as, as Pete did, the productivity along the defensive line really at times it was, it was pretty astonishing this year, based upon the way we evaluated that personnel through the spring, through the summer, and going into the season. Khalid Kareem was a new human. Khalid being. Kareem was really, really good. Andrew Trombetti was really good a, a, a pretty significant amount of the time. Yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a good group. I mean, I think of all the positions, what position got better from the start of the year to the end of the year? Defensive line would be number one. Yeah. Receiver would be up there as well, but for different reasons. Bonner was not necessarily a standout, but he was productive. He certainly held, when he was at his worst, he held his own. I think it was a, a. It's evidence that defensive depth is a real thing because they had it on the defensive line. They did not have it at linebacker. They did not have it at corner. They did not have it at safety. You know who played well in the was Niles Morgan in his last regular yes. season game. After I think he and he had to fight through it too. He went down early. Yeah. And that was yeah. we, we we didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of Stanford, but that was a, that was a nice game to see from a, a senior in his final. And obviously you game. transition a linebacker, but Tavon Coney is a pretty darn good one to build around. Yeah, no question. Me, uh, me Irish. Will Wimbush still be honing his skills at starting quarterback when Notre Dame plays Stanford next season? <laughs> if not, which quarterback on the roster needs to hone their skills to at least overcome Wimbush and start 
Book, Davis, or Jerkovic? I, if Sony is still still midseason, there will be a major issue. You know, I I'm, I haven't. I think he had a really disappointing. I wouldn't say year because he was so good running the ball for two for two months. He had a really disappointing November to the point where people say, "Why are you putting it all on Wimbush?" I'm going to say, "Yeah, I'm putting most of it on Wimbush on the offense." Yeah. Actually, absolutely. Uh, and I, he's a starting quarterback at Notre Dame. He's a junior, whatever. I am putting it on him. <laughs> I, I haven't given up on his ability in nine months to become a, and I don't mean a good passer. He's a below fifty percent passer. If Notre Dame can run the ball and they have these weapons and he can complete fifty-seven percent of his passes and not miss these incredible misses. That have to be mental. They have to be mental. He did not miss these in any the cor- the corner. The corner route, in the end zone against Navy, when the when the yeah. throw was f- 10 to 12, 15 yards underthrown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the little flub pass, to, two passes to Mac, the one in the, right before that going the same direction against Navy, and then, of course, you got to hit Mac for the first down to make it easy on you against Navy. There, The equanimity of St. Brown was open by 12 yards in every direction oh, man. against Stanford. The, the, the throws... Are not throws he should ever make again. I don't. I cannot believe Brandon Wimbush is going to practice for nine more months and still make those throws. So like bounce the stay route where the, it's just throw it on a horizontal line. That can't one hop to receivers. No. If he doesn't, I, he can throw a million passes. If he doesn't get his head right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the footwork is. If he doesn't get his head right. He's not going to complete those. Oh, passes. I, I totally agree, but I feel like in nine months of Brandon Wimbush, he can <laughs> no, do that. I, yeah. right. I yeah. wouldn't say I don't think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's next quarterback could be better than Brandon Wimbush and Cherkovic, but I don't. I think Brandon Wimbush is the guy you're riding next year. Who had worse defensive recognition, Wimbush or Zaire? Hmm. <laughs> but at least, at least, with Zaire, at least with Zaire, Zaire, you knew that he had some some accuracy. Yeah. Uh, the Zaire before the injury was just different than the Zaire after the injury. I know he wasn't great against Virginia, but he wasn't. You weren't looking at him thinking, "Man, this guy can't complete these passes." That yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying, and this was also mentioned in the broadcast that Herb Street brought it up. Like, it's mental. Like, it's completely yeah. mental. Brandon Wimbush has a mental block right now that he needs to climb over or remove or just get past, and he needs to stop worrying about what people think of him and go into Twitter and talking about it because it doesn't do you any That's good. That's weird. Notre Dame's quarterback. That's a weird thing to do as yeah. a quarterback. I think. All right. B.L. Casper, and I just can't see Coach Kelly getting through 14 games to a national title. What real changes should alumni be pushing for the university to do in order for a title to return to Notre Dame? I mean, I guess it's hard for me to see the 14 games to the national title, too, um, because I thought it was humanly possible this year if Auburn had taken on Alabama or something like that, and that all worked out. But what changes can you make? I mean, I, I think Brian Kelly will probably end his career at Notre Dame after nine or ten seasons, and he'll be the only coach even close to that amount of time that didn't win a title after Notre Dame. I mean, after five years at Notre Dame, you coaches well, that come well, to Notre Dame either well, either are gone after five well, or six years or they won it. While averaging like four and a half losses per right, season. Right, right. It'll be... <laughs> I'm trying to think of what because prospects they have got, with him over the next two years to go through 14 years. So you have to be tw- he'd have to finish 11-1 and one, go to the playoffs and win two games. So many, I mean, Notre Dame's coaches have either won a national title or been fired or, or been like a little bit above 500 or, or I guess worse. They're, you haven't had a coach yeah, like the Kelly, only right? Ground, right. Oh, the guy that goes eight and four, the the previous coaches that were fired were going six and five, yeah. like during 11. Yeah, they were like a 55% right. winning percentage. Yeah, we are right. now, Kelly for the record, comparing six, them to Kelly. Yeah, Kelly is 66.6%, oh, yeah. yeah. um, which is... Not going to end up eleven and one most likely, um, but I mean, then I don't know. 
the problem with I mean, sort of looking at it as a national championship or bust is like, well, you don't really have any control over what's going on at Alabama or Clemson or Oklahoma I or don't Ohio even, State. But getting to the playoffs, let's let's eliminate that because let's say get to the playoffs. Like okay, so you get, control getting to the playoffs is the new national championship. I agree. I think right now that it has to be it because then you take your chances. Yeah, that's fair. You can't um, make. You can't say Brian Kelly fails if he doesn't go 14 and 0 for Notre Dame one year. Yeah, I mean, they go to the playoffs next year and two years later with an eight and five yeah. next in the requisite. I think that it would be fine, right? That's, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I don't really know what changes they need to make other than they need to have a a quarterback who can effectively run the passing game, and, and right now they they don't have a guy that they can trust in that position. I can't believe they had a quarterback that could run that well. And the offense became the problem at the end of the year. It's just, it's it's shocking. Which gets back to the original question here. Uh, I guess the previous question. <clears throat> so who's it going to be a quarterback? I mean, will he will he just flat stick with Wimbush? You've got a, you've got a big-time quarterback coming in. I'm not sure Avery Davis is the type of quarterback that you want. We don't know. We don't know, we don't know yeah. yeah. Uh, so Wimbush is what? Let's say he's better. He has to be, obviously. He would have to be better than this year. Let's say he's playing like he does against uh, Temple and Michigan State most mm. of the time. He's throwing like that and running like that. It would have to be, I don't see why he would go away from him, because you take your chances with your with your team in that manner. Mm-hmm. And I don't see Kelly pulling a plug on Wimbush when they're 8-3 no, or something like you, that to you, you, if you're an 8-3 team. You cannot underestimate what he adds to the, the rushing attack in college football. You you just you can't. It's significant. He's going to roll with Wimbush through 2018, I would think, unless things go terribly wrong. Obviously, but that, that's clear to any anyone with a quarterback. I mean, things go terribly wrong. You think about if if somebody told you, and of course the percentage is significant, but if somebody told you that Brandon Wimbush uh, ended the season with 14 rushing touchdowns, 16 passing touchdowns, six interceptions, right? And six interceptions, yeah. you'd say. Damn, he had a right thirty yeah. touchdowns and six interceptions. Yeah, what was the fumbles loss for play three? So thirty to nine. That's yeah, really, I mean really that, that is really really good, which is why he won't. Which is why he'll stick with him. Yeah, yeah, and I mean Jerkovic is the best talent out of these three at the bottom at the list, and what well, he's not. I don't think you're riding year nine with your first coat of paint with the eighteen year old quarterback. We would have a senior. Yeah, I mean I think this this would be my perspective on what the quarterback situation will look like next year. They'll, so they'll roll with Wimbush, and if he has games like he did on Saturday, they will have confidence up in the backup to pull him. Ooh, not which one? not in an Ian Book kind of way at Miami where it's gone so bad that you don't have a choice. I'm saying if, if there's a game where he struggles, then they could put in Book, Davis, or Jerkovic. I don't know which one it's going to be. If it's in November, it's probably Jerkovic. If it's in September, it's probably Book. But I just think that they need to they need to invest a lot more time in making sure their backup is ready to go next year than they were able to this year. Understandably so, and it's not a criticism that like, well, why didn't you have Ian Book ready? But whoever the backup quarterback needs to be is needs to be better than what Ian Book was this year. And I thought Ian Book was okay. I mean, he came in, they won with him at North Carolina, but I think he, he had two picks at North Carolina. Am I right on that? Yeah, we had a, he had a red zone one and. Um... And then obviously the the terrible one at Miami. Miami. So I, I don't, you know, I think Ian Book has shown some things that are interesting to me, but I'm not sure if he's shown enough that I was like, well, this is this is a change right. he would make. He had two picks in North Carolina. Just check, Tim. I want to get your opinion on when Wimbush went out, Book came in. Did you think he would just stay in that drive when they were moving a little bit? 
I mean, the, the game had gotten, they were down 11 and had gotten a little away from them. Um, they're down 18, actually, gotten totally away from them. I, 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 I don't know that I thought one yeah, way or another. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't think about it until hindsight, where I thought, well, he, they were moving a little. You weren't moving at all with Wimbush. Wimbush had thrown. It wasn't like his pass was tipped yeah, I mean, for an interception. You know, it, when it's a quarterback, down. everybody said, when it's a running back, they say they just brought in the other running back. When it's a quarterback, they say he got benched. And I, I get it. It's the nature of the position. Um, I don't but mean yeah, it was one. No, I'm just thinking. Yeah, I, I, see him I, yeah, I mean, him. You, he's it, trying it, into something new. Wimbush could not have played worse. <clears throat> Did you see the Miami? I don't know if you guys had a chance to see the Miami Pittsburgh game. Boy, have I had a chance to see a lot of football <laughs> games. Uh, and at, at a certain point, they took Rick pulled Rogier. You mean he wasn't running draws on Fettered for 15 yards on every play? No, okay. no, that was no, no. Okay. he pulled them, and you know, they're naturally the announcers are saying he got benched. Well, you need a spark. I, I don't have. I, a, I just don't have a. There. I don't have a problem with the coach doing that. And I love the thing you love about my book is his mechanics, and I think he's got a pretty good understanding of the game. He doesn't have any experience, so that's why he gets the pick six against Miami because that's what young quarterbacks do. But. I don't have a problem with a coach staying with a with a hot-handed quarterback. Why does it have to be so dramatically different than every other position? That's a preview of our next nine months of podcast right there. All right, J-Law 1. Which of the following is the highest priority during bowl prep? Quarterback psyche, offensive line play, special team short up, defensive back ball skills. It's not even close, is it? Close. <laughs> quarterback psyche uh, and everything else will be fine. The offensive line will be fine in bull prep. The quarterback psyche is actually the quarterback psyche and issues are actually involved in the offensive line's recent play. Uh special teams could be short. They are. It's true. <laughs> it's really, no, it's they true. really are. There was a yeah, there was a play uh Wimbush ended up overthrowing Stefferson in the end zone. I think it was in the second quarter. Mustafer snaps the ball. The other four offensive linemen don't move for like a, a beat. Harrison Phillips gets in there, Wimbush is flushed out of the pocket. It just there's not uh connection between the quarterback and the line the way that there should be. The special teams could be short up. This is interesting because DB ball skills are hard to shore up in uh, 15 days where Pete was... Uh, Not as hard <laughs> as QB psyche. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Pete, your point about prep, bowl prep, it will be very heavy bowl prep for the young players. I just mean the game will yeah. be... The week will, up to the game will be the, the varsity. But you can shore up the special teams a little because you can go all hands on deck if you want to. If you really want to. Which they kind of... I mean, when I was watching the, the film... You know, you see Morgan, Martini, Tranquil. It's not like they really held back um, in terms of the guys they used on special teams, which I thought was good. And that, until the fourth quarter, until C.J. Sanders' fumble, uh, that was a winning performance for Notre Dame special teams because they basically gifted Notre Dame, or not gifted, they created a, a easy opportunity, uh, a red zone opportunity for the offense to take over the 19-yard line, which you know. Just was didn't work with but, two plays, a great punt and a great punt. Return. Yeah, it was like it was complementary football between the defense and the special teams. Two points for the special teams and one point for the defense, and the offense couldn't capitalize. Unfortunately, when you fumble a kickoff in a game that's getting away from you, that undoes everything. Um, so, I mean, I thought the special teams. Brian Kelly d- described them as middling. I think fair last to mid- week. fair to middling. Fair to middling. I think that's been a fairly accurate depiction of them, and that's that's disappointing. Yeah, that's disappointing when you and I, and I know that Brian Pauline is a better coach than that. But the bottom line is, 
the special teams were just average at best this year. Yeah, I don't, there was, and I think that, that was what was so disappointing about the Sanders fumble because it was like, okay, this is a, is a oh. game on the road, and the special teams <clears throat> is affecting you in a positive way, and then it just do they do time. they not need to look at alternatives for it, kick return? It'll be Michael Young. Michael Young next year. It's first thing in the music. It was Michael Young is a kick returner next year. They must look at an alternative. Hard to believe that CJ Sanders had a kickoff return for a touchdown at Stanford. At Stanford the last time he was there. Ago. Yes. I don't I it's it's a shell of what he was as a kick returner. I don't yeah. understand it. Um it's not all there's it's not all blocking either because there are no, it, three examples this year where he has one guy to beat and the one guy gets him in relatively easily in two yeah. of them. Mr. McGrogue. Seriously though, <laughs> questions like this start question. this way. seriously though, why do these ND teams under Kelly so consistently fail to get up for big games? I recognize the talent gap on different parts of the field; it's real. That being the case, you have to play with focus, determination, attention to detail. <clears throat> this happens so rarely in big spots. Why? I, they were winning in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you got to start from that premise. Then they then they absolutely collapse. But this was a game and, that really. For people to say, like, oh, it looks like Notre Dame's going through the motions and they're not emotionally invested, like, I completely disagree with he that. He has two questions in here, because focus, determination, and attention to detail were missing. Yes. But the first part, they were definitely up for the game. He had them ready for yeah, the game. Yeah, I, you know, Stanford's not the issue. Miami's the issue. Yeah. Some previous road trips have been the issue. Over the years. Not, yeah, we're not yeah, talking about yeah, this. Over, yeah, over, yeah, the, over years. the years. Um why they couldn't? Why they don't finish in these games? That that's still a rel- that's still a relevant thing. Mm-hmm. As Pete mentioned, it's not a one score game, but it was kind of a one score game. You're in the fourth quarter, oh, and it was yeah. a one score game. And you, yeah, I don't know. That is a strange. I would not have put that on Brian Kelly. Let's see. Let's throw it the yeah. I wouldn't say maybe middle of 2014. I would never think to myself, well, they just can't finish these games off. When Notre Dame lost to Florida State, and they were a program that had bounced back well. That was like them like fifteen and four since the national title loss. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought to myself, man, they just can't finish these things mm-hmm. out. You know, it was just. But now I definitely <clears> think <throat> that. Yeah, I mean, now that you're sitting there at the the nine straight losses of power five ranked teams on the road, the two and nine record in one score games over the last eleven, it's just not. I, I don't know what the answer to it, but it's not a healthy place to. The be. answer, I mean, there are multiple answers to the, to the question, right? It's it's one of those. It's not one answer. Uh, Stujo11, regarding 2018, make the case that Notre Dame will have a better season, 10 wins or more, than this one. I point to the person next to me to go first. So, yes. <laughs> Good luck. You're, wait, I thought you were pointing at Priester. Um, I, I can't make the case. I, I don't know what... You look at the schedule, Priester, you, you mentioned already, it's a very difficult schedule. In some ways, it's a schedule that is... it. It's very backloaded, Um Notre Dame needs to figure out how to beat Michigan, win, what, five and – basically, it's a schedule that sets up seven and one after eight games. you got Michigan at Virginia Tech. Those are will be very challenging games. The other ones are either home or at teams that you should beat. But at the end, you know, you go to Northwestern. I think they're nine and three this year. Florida State comes here. There's just enough tricky ones in there that will that will trip them up. Syracuse is just weird enough. I think they. I think Eric Dungey might be gone, but I, I'm not positive. But that's just a weird enough opponent, kind of like an anti Navy. Um, he beat Clemson. That, yeah. that'll save his job. Yeah. Now I don't know if 
Um, yeah, Florida State at home. I mean, look at November. And then you finish at USC. Look at, at November at Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse at USC. Tell that's, me, that's tell worse me, than this November. tell me, how, right? Yeah, tell that me how they're going to do at Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse at USC. And right now, everybody here is saying Florida State was terrible this year. Well, what do you think about Miami twelve months ago? Right now, when Notre Dame beat them for crying out loud. So they have players. Um, that's an awful November again. But I'm supposed to make the case for them to be better. The schedule on paper is harder. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna dissect it and pretend that anybody except for Ball State and Vanderbilt, I guess at Wake since they don't have John Wolford anymore. John Wolford was there. Wake, Wake would be a yes. Wake is a hey, so those three. There's nothing easy after that. Now, I just noticed some. The bye week is between Pittsburgh and Navy, and the Navy games in San Diego. I guarantee you, I'm leaving on Wednesday of that week. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't where I thought you were going with that. What about, what about, like, what about my the wife press I, conference that afternoon? You don't want to be there? No, there? you're so. going to have to handle that. My wife and I are leaving for San Diego on Wednesday that week. I can make a case for why I should leave Thursday on, for that yeah. game, and we will have to have a stringer cover well, Brad Kelly's press conference Thursday. Scouting. Um, make the case, though. I'd say Brandon Wimbush becomes a that would much have to better be. football player. Yeah. He completes 58% of his passes, runs the same way. They're still married to Brandon Wimbush at 58 59%. I'm trying not to top out too high. Mm-hmm. With 31, 30 touchdowns and nine turnovers, that's an offense. That's, that's that an is offense. an offense right there. Second uh, year Velco. Second year Velco. Derek Allen. Ends Derek up. Allen starts. Derek Allen starts after they start four and zero because they have to only beat one good team in Michigan: Ball State, Vanderbilt, and Wake. Get him in there. Derek Allen's in. Um, Pass rush improves. Alize Mack is a football player on the team. Helping and doing things. Uh, St. Brown and Stepherson are very good receivers. Yeah, I think um, Clay, These are this would be the case. Wimbush is a 58% passer. Uh, St. Brown returns. Which is, I think they did well. Um, so you got Claypool, St. Brown, Stepherson. Yes. That's really good. Um, Derek Allen starts at safety. That would be high. Eventually. Balance. You don't have to throw him in right away, right? Would, You've already thrown him in. No, I would just, <laughs> okay. Like what? for the majority for the majority of the sure. season, Derek Allen starts, uh, and then you know, do we want to talk about would would Julian Love at safety be an indication of like, whoa, okay, now I'm talking myself into ten wins. They just have so much more depth at corner than they have at safety. That's and why we say that. These things. In some ways, I feel like. Drew Tranquil decides, eh, I'll come back for well, that's year. You need that's that. I was just going to say, because the linebacking core yeah. is it's a, a, it's is a, a concern. Yes, yes. So there are, there are I guess, ways you can make that the case. That is the case. Yeah, the, ske- the schedule's an issue. The schedules, however, can trend down. I mean, the 2012 schedule before the season, you looked at it and thought, oh, great, Notre Dame plays the two top teams in the country on the road. They were not. Right. They were just regular. Yeah, uh, in the same way Miami this year, you're not like, well, yeah, it looks like that. an 11-1 team to me. No one saw that buzzsaw coming. So I think schedules change. Um... So, but it's it's impossible to make the, the schedule comment right now. But I, so it's on Brandon Wimbush. Great, we got it. Yep. That's. But it's not going back to what I said a few questions ago. He's he's not like a. I just had a finished product. I almost said the worst thing we've heard all year. He. It's not like it's impossible that Brandon Wimbush is going to become a quarterback. No, but if he's it's got, mental. It can get over it. Yeah, but it's also defensive recognition. I don't, I, I think it meant obviously mental. That's that's a huge part of it. You know, I mean, forget the routes and, and, and progressions. And when a guy's open, hit him. Yeah, yeah, No, you're right. That is exactly yeah. what happened. And that's week. and that's how you get to 58%. Yeah, you hit St. Brown right. running 
toward right. the sideline by himself. Yeah, by I, himself. I, oh, I see that he's open. Hit him. Right. That's how it happens. Yeah, there are a bunch of plays like that. All right. Next up, go fight, win, go Irish. Was it in line? Was it the line or Josh Adams who regressed in November? Was Brian Kelly so loyal to Adams that it clouded his assessment of his productivity down the stretch and not giving more carries to Dexter Williams or Tony Jones? I wish I knew what Williams' injury status was because we found it so strange that he couldn't contribute. Then they got him in against Wake, and it looked like he got shot in the leg when he was running. So he was clearly hurt there. We found out that was the thigh. He was fine at the end of the year, though. Against Stanford, he was fine. Against Unless something happened in the Miami game, as you mentioned, Pete, he ended. he was in there running. Yeah. So... Navy, I I guess they never had the ball against Navy, honestly. I he mean, played one snap. Yeah, Josh Adams had 100 yards against Navy. Um, I think it was Adams who regressed in November, clearly, and I think Adams is hurt to the point of almost being injured. He has so many little things hurting him. Yeah, I mean... I he looks like he was an old man that couldn't walk. There's no doubt. The field. He, mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he was dragging himself around the field Which, throughout most of November. to his credit in a toughness... Absolutely. Oh, he, he yeah. looked exactly the same at USC last year and ran for like 150 right, yards. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I, I don't know that I would say the offensive line regressed. I mean, were they... Were they I, I would say Alex Barr struggled. Al, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that, that I think... His, I think his entire season was inconsistent. Yeah. You know, the Jones thing's interesting because he was healthy at the end, and Jones starts the game against Stanford, at slot, technically. But yeah. he was healthy enough to be involved yeah. then. It's it's weird you can't... I thought Mustafer got better as the season went on. I clearly think Kramer and Hainsey got better as the season went on. Um, you could see Adams when he would get through the line. He wasn't the same. He just wasn't the same running back. He was exploding through <clears> that line. And his cuts in space in October were so much different. I, I think that the answer to this question really is teams just figured out how to game plan against Notre Dame. Because Josh Adams, when he gets to the second level and there's nobody there, is really, really fast. When he has to make a cut at the second level because there's a linebacker sitting in the hole. And there, How many times on Saturday night were we watching and there would just be unblocked linebackers? And it, it wasn't like unblocked in the sense that Notre Dame missed a block. Right, right. It was... Notre Dame has six guys to block seven. Well, one's going to come unblocked. And that unblocked guy inevitably got to Josh Adams real quickly over and over and over. I guess the second part of this question is why not get more carries to Williams or Jones? Well, that, you know, that I, I tend to agree with. And when you have a bell cow back, I get that. You want to ride him. But over the course of 48 quarters, there are opportunities to get those. Well, what about McIntosh? I mean, McIntosh showed well. I realize he's a smaller back and he's not... He's going to have great difficulty running through some of those tackles, but I would agree. And to a large extent, Jones is is, is a somewhat limited back, at least at this stage of his career. But you know, when you talk about building depth, and we saw him do it on defense, he, running back is a position where you have an opportunity to build some depth over the course of twelve. Games. I mean, think of just spin it forward to spring practice. Let's say Josh Adams comes back, you're going to have six scholarship running backs because Jameer Smith is doing early enrollment. Well. What do you do with all these guys? <laughs> and to, and to two of them. Um, go Irish, go, because it's it's weird. No matter how good the running backs are, Pete, these guys get in because someone's hurt. Deion yeah. McIntosh's year is based on Josh Adams getting injured, Josh Adams getting injured and being in blowouts. It's not like True. they used a four-man right. bevy of backs to wear people down. Yeah. It was, well, this is the guy we have, and they all ran well. So that's depth, but it's not the right use of depth. Right. Final go, question? Go, go ahead, Tim. Go Irish, go five. Is there anything fans can look to, look at 
and feel good about regarding the 2017 football team that will carry over into 2018. I mean, if they win 10 games, then... Yeah, I mean, most, of your, most of your team's coming back. Yeah, the, the yeah. volume coming back, the defensive line's improvement from... I mean, we're just completely wrong. The receiving the core... They were much better. The, the receiving yeah. core, the running back core, if Adams... The defensive line could be a, a perceived as a strength now as opposed to the number one weakness because you figure... I'm including the drop ends. You see, so you have Dalen Hayes and Julian Aquara. You have Khalid Kareem and probably Bonner, Jay Hayes. Bonner's out. No, I mean, yeah. I know I know what has been said, but yeah, uh, I guess if he told that to the observer, yeah, I to me it's probably it, just the case, you know, that he's just who knows. I mean, Stefan yeah. Tewitt said he was coming back. To right. The <laughs> you got Tillery, MTA, Heinish. It's just a deep, you got a solid two deep all the way across. Maybe Darnell Yule will be ready to right, contribute. Right. There's a there's a two deep a defensive line that you didn't even consider four months ago saying could be a strength for the 2018 mm-hmm. team. No doubt. So that would be. So the there's a, there. I mean, you know, the receiving core. There's the yeah. receiving core too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if L a Mac, I mean, you know, we look at we look at Wimbush and say, okay, where can he improve? Obviously, if Mac can show improvement, he's he can be a right. weapon. Well, I think just tight end in general. Like if you set Mac aside, Cole Komet, Komet, and Brock Wright, I think you're going to get something yeah. out of those guys yeah. that's good. Um, so if if that's your tight end and receiving group, I think that's a that's a really nice group of weapons to work with. Um, and I think the offensive line, instead of being great, will just be good. Like those, there are a lot of good things to look at. Um, the problem is just like the way the season ended. I understand why Wright. Now Monday, November twenty seventh. <laughs> nobody wants to look at the good things happening next year when you lost two of your last three. I'm not sure that the safeties. I'm not sure how much the safeties improve, and that's why you're, you guys mentioning Derek Allen. Andrew, I, I'm still I'm sticking with the love thing until I'm proven wrong. It's just, it's a good I just don't player. know how, how do you move your how do you move your best corner out of cornerback? The guy who, who, who does that? Who does that nationally and pass? Who does that? So he gets nine picks this year and next year instead instead of pass breakups. Quit knocking it down and catch it, Julian. All right, there's yeah yeah. Set the Notre Dame record for pass breakups. We should uh, point that out. I'm not sure we did the other day. Yeah, yes. I mean top five nationally. That's that's really impressive. He had a great year. Uh, so, on that note, I think we'll wrap up this uh, post stand for Irish Illustrated Insider podcast. We'll be back Thursday, talk a little bit more big picture, and talk a little basketball too, as Notre Dame will be traveling to Michigan State that night um, in a, I believe, a top five game. Notre Dame now ranked fifth in the AP poll in hoops. So, should be a fun one. Um, so, we'll get into hoops a little bit more and obviously talk a lot more football, probably talk some recruiting as well. So, all that coming Thursday, the next Irish Illustrated Insider.